Praise God. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. The Bible says, give instruction to a wise man. I want to be a wise man. And he will yet be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. I want to talk to you tonight on the fear of the Lord. Why don't you look to your neighbor and say, the fear of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. May be seated in Jesus' name. Solomon lays it out right there in Proverbs. A lot of great things in Proverbs chapter 9. If you've got time, spend it. Proverbs is a great, is a great book in the Bible. Uh, I, I've challenged a lot of people when they felt like they didn't have joy and, and joy was hard to attain. There's 31 days of joy because there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And what I recommend, if you're, if you're feeling in that valley of discouragement and you really need a word and you don't know where the word is, I challenge you, take one chapter a day in the book of Proverbs and don't read it like you're trying to be the first one done. Don't read it like it's a race, but slow it down and, and understand the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Read that. Understand what you read. And I guarantee you'll have 31 days of joy. And you'll come back and say, Pastor, you'll never believe it. But I've got joy. Well, it's because you got in the Word. Get, get out of, uh, you know, Facebook. Get on God's book. But Solomon lays it out. Proverbs chapter 9. He said, if you want wisdom, if you want knowledge... If you want your days multiplied, if you want the years of your life to be filled with increase, if you want the blessings of the Lord to rain upon you, he said it all starts with the fear of the Lord. Because after verse 10, he says, For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of life shall be increased. And so it all starts with the fear of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. And can I tell you tonight, the church really doesn't understand the fear of the Lord. We really don't. There's a lot of people that have lost the fear of God. But I can tell you that it's very vital part to an overcoming life for the man who fears God. I want to fear God. I really do. And I'm not talking about, you know, being afraid of God. And I'm not talking about that kind of, you know, fear. Because we know the Bible talks about fear. A lot of people struggle with fear. He says, uh, perfect love cast out all fear. I'm not talking about the fear of, of the boogeyman or the fear of someone sneaking up on you and scaring you. But I'm talking about the fear of reverence. Reverencing God. Understanding who He is. Because the man who fears God, number one, begins to know him and understand his ways. When you stop and fear God and you give him reverence and you pay him respect, 
All of a sudden, you begin to know him and you understand his ways. That's why Proverbs 9, 10 penned it that way. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, not the end, but it's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God, the man who fears God, is led in the ways of God and is blessed by him. I want to be blessed by God. I don't want to travel this, uh, this road of life uh, just on what feels good. Because we live in a world, uh, their motto is, what feels good, do it. Like in the days of Noah, eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we may die. I don't want to die. I want to live right now. And I want to live the best I can. But I want to live it in the fear of God. And so the man who fears God is, is led in the ways of God and is blessed by Him. Psalms 25, verse number 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The Lord makes it plain and simple. He said, if you fear me, and you teach the way, and, and you choose it, he said, your soul. It's going to be at ease. And not only is your soul going to be at ease, no longer anxiety, no longer fear, no longer worry, but your soul is going to be at ease. And then he says, and your seed shall inherit the earth. That's the generations to come. They're going to be blessed if you fear God. I've got a past that thank God through the fear and reverence of God, I was able to break the curse of a generation that wanted to repeat the same cycle. There are some of you that are saying, well, pastor, if you knew how I was raised, if you knew what my mom did and my dad did, you, if you knew what they didn't do, if you knew what some of my family members did to me, yeah, there's a curse that's happened to a lot of people. And if you don't break the curse, it will continue to grow. It'll continue to nurture. But you got to make up your mind, I'm breaking the curse. My daddy may have been a failure, but I don't need to be a failure. My mama may have been an alcoholic, but I don't need to be an alcoholic. I may have been raised in a dysfunctional family, but I'm breaking that curse. I want my seed blessed. I want my soul to be at ease. Therefore, I've got to learn to fear God. You know another great part about fearing God? The man who fears God will have his days lengthened. Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of God prolongs the days. Not exercise. Not eating right. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I believe they're both important, okay? You're like, well, pastor said I, I can eat what I want. I can go have a double-double. I can, you know, just, I can do that. I can be rolling pot. No, I'm not telling you that. As I believe eating right and exercising is, is good, but the Bible said it profits little. If you truly want your days to be lengthened, 
You want them to be prolonged. The Lord says it starts by fearing Him. It all starts with the fear of the Lord prolongs the day. But listen, the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Oh, Pastor, I, I think I could drink and cuss and part. Well, sure you can. But there's coming a payday. <laughs> it's the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. You start putting in stuff that doesn't belong. It will deteriorate your body. I was reading, I was listening uh, on the way uh, to work today and, 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 and on the news, uh, it was talking about all these young teenage kids getting hooked up on these vaping things. Dying. Addicted. I believe they said, I don't, I don't know, know all of it, but they said that uh, a vial, or I don't know if they come in a vial or however that looks, but they said one vial equals one pack of cigarettes. And these kids are taking these. And you know what it's doing? It's not prolonging their days. It's shortening their days. That's why the Lord says you've got to be careful that you don't defile this temple. Can I just pause right there and just kind of park right there and tell you your temple doesn't belong to you. You may say, well, you know, it's my looks, it's my talents. It's, it's not about you. God can take it away just like that. You've got to learn to fear and re reverence God and understand He gives and He takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I heard of a man that, uh, I think it was Brother Winslow, I'm not sure uh, who told me this, but uh, there was a man that had cancer and Brother Winslow prayed for him and God healed him of that cancer. Matter of fact, he went to the doctor and the doctor said, yep, you have no more cancer. And I believe he ran into him on the store a couple days after. And, and, and I think Brother Winslow said something like, hey, thank God that God healed you. He said, God didn't heal me. It was just a, just a coincidence. It wasn't God. Three days later, he dies. You've got to be careful. See, this world does not fear God. Because God doesn't execute his judgment speedily. Bible says the hearts of men grow more wicked every day. Just because you think you're getting by does not mean God condones what you're doing. He said the fear of the Lord, it'll prolong your days. But you, you, you indulge in your carnal appetites, that wickedness is going to destroy your days. Ain't nobody got time for that. The man who fears God, listen to this, will have strong confidence and a place of refuge in God. Proverbs 14, 26 says this. In the fear of the Lord is what? Strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. You want to walk in confidence? Strong confidence? You want your kids to have a place, a refuge from the storms of life? 
the winds that blow, you start fearing God and watch God protect your babies and protect your home and protect your house. Watch the Lord give them a place of refuge. That's the man who fears God. Man who fears God will perfect holiness as he walks with the Lord. Bible says, be ye holy, for I the Lord am holy. I think he also said, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And you start fearing God, you could start perfecting holiness. I don't know about you, but I want to see God. One of these days when he calls us home, and I, I felt a burden on me Sunday night to preach about when God shuts that door. I don't want that door shut until I get there. I, I, I want to make it. I want you to make it. But more than I want you to make it, I want me to make it. And you got to make up your mind. I don't care who goes, who stays, what they do, what they don't do. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to fear God. I want strong confidence because he'll perfect holiness. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from what? All filthiness of the flesh. Pastor, you call me filthy? You better believe I'm calling your flesh filthy. I'm calling your heart wicked. You say, well, Pastor, that's not nice. Well, that's the word of God. Nothing in you is good by itself, but through God. God can turn things around. That's why he chose the tongue to pour out his spirit, to pour out the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He chose the most unruly member mankind has because out of his tongue, what could happen? Life and death. You can cut somebody to shreds. You can kill somebody by your words. And he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon that most unruly member. Thank God for that. God can turn things around. And we need more of that. He could perfect that. He said, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We can walk around with newness of life. We cleanse ourselves from the filth of this world, the filth of the flesh, and we can cleanse our spirits while perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Because when we can perfect what God has given to us by fearing Him, He starts blessing us. Can I tell you another thing that happens of the man who fears God? He's protected by the angels of the Lord. God wants to protect you. Somebody shout that God wants to protect me. He wants to send you some help. He wants to send you some reinforcements. Let's, let's turn to Psalms 34, 7. Bible says, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and does what? Delivereth them. The angel of God he encamps round about them that fear him. You want angels dwell in your homes? Start fearing God. You want angels at your job? Start fearing God. 
You want angels at your school and your neighborhood and the grocery store and everywhere you go in your marriage. Start fearing God. Start revering God. Start saying, God, you're going to be in this home. You're going to be in this relationship. You're going to be in my kids. You're going to be in my job. You're going to be everywhere I go. I don't know about you, but I need God. Because the fear of the Lord, he brings angels there. Round about me to help me. Brother Rudy, I need angels. And angels there to help me and deliver me, protect me. And the fear of God allows the angels to just encamp round about us. Thank God for that. The man who fears God, listen, Psalms 34, 9. The man who fears God will want for nothing because God is his source. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Can I just tell somebody tonight on a Wednesday night, God will take care of you and God will fight for you and God will provide for you. You will want for nothing for those that fear him. God will be exactly what you need and when you need it, you will want for nothing if you fear him. Thank God for that. Someone said, I'm living Hey, 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 I'm a poor man living a rich life because I got God in me. And my value and my worth does not come in my bank account. It doesn't come in what I drive or what I don't drive. It comes in the fact that there's a God that loves me and I'm his child. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins. You're king's kids. You're royalty. You'll want for nothing. For God is your supplier. Amen. The man who fears God, Psalms 103.11, will be covered by the mercy of the Lord. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. You talk about a covering. His mercy will cover you. As high as the heavens are from the earth, his great mercy is there for you. Some of you may not need mercy, but I do. Some of you say, I can get by without it. I can't. I, I, I'm going to get selfish with this. If you don't want it, I do. I'll take your blessing too. You got to make up your, that's what the Bible says. The violent taking it by force. Make up your mind. You don't want that blessing, Brother Rudy, I'm going to take it. You don't want that miracle, it's mine. I'm fearing God. God's on my side. Make up your mind. I didn't come for you. I thank God you're here, but I didn't come for you. I came for him and his mercy and his love and his grace. The man who fears God, Proverbs 16, 6, will have the strength to depart from evil. That's powerful right there. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. He's going to purge out all that stuff that doesn't belong. And by the fear of the Lord, men will depart from evil. Can I just tell you, you don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Somebody told me, well, you know, Pastor, you know, if, if I do A, B, and C, well, then, then, I'll, then I'll give my life to God. And, and I said, no, it'll never work. Got to get God first. 
God's numero uno. Number one. You got to make up your mind. I, I know yesterday I can't change and, and I made a mess even five minutes ago, but today I'm in the house of God and I'm changing some stuff. I'm breaking the curse. I need strength to depart from evil because this flesh, man, it's, it's a danger many times because this flesh doesn't like what my spirit likes. My flesh just wants to kick back sometimes on a Wednesday night that says, oh, I've had a hard day, a long day. I can't come to church. I'm not feeling good. But you show up early for work the next day. Your flesh says, well, I just won't get paid. I, I, I need the do-re-mi. But can I tell you, one of these days, that do-re-mi is going to burn away. And the only thing you do for God is the only thing that's going to last. And I'll make up my mind. I might not feel good in body, but man, I get to go to the house of God. Bills may be due and there's no money in the bank, but I've got a God that owns a cat on a thousand hills. i got a God that can take care of me and keep me from evil. Amen. He'll keep us from evil. We talked about the man that fears God. Can I tell you very quickly of the man who does not fear God? The man who does not fear God becomes familiar with his spirit. Familiar with his word and familiar with the church. He loses the wonder of his spirit. He loses the wonder of feeling God and knowing God. Can I tell you, we, we, we bag on a lot of other religions and denominations and we're like, man, they're so caught up in their traditions. Well, if you're not careful, so are you. The only time you're running is when they hit a fast song and the, and the beat's going and the drum's hitting. Only time you're crying is when they play a little, you know, slow song. And Man, I, I can't be moved by that. I, I, I got to somehow say, God, I get to come in your presence. There's many times I come in the sanctuary, lights are out, nobody's here and, and, and nobody's playing and I feel his presence. There are times even when I come on work day that uh, and maybe I'm by myself or, or there's people here and I'll come in and, and I may just slip in and go out that door but if I have a hat on, that hat's coming off because I'm respecting the house of God. A lot of people, not a big deal with the house of God. I mean, it's just, just, a, just a building. But if you go into a court, Sister Philpott was at a court today. Jury duty, thank God she's not on jury. They, they dismissed her. But I, I remember I was uh, at a, a, a court hearing, and you had, you had to turn in your phones. And I went there because... Uh, I got a ticket. And you're like, ooh, pastor, you got a ticket? <laughs> yeah, I got a ticket. And it was crazy ticket because usually I, I'm, I'm pretty aware of my surroundings. And I remember as I was going through the intersection, I heard cars honking and, and I looked back at my rearview mirror and there's this just dude just out of nowhere. I mean, it, it's, it's in Porterville and there's no stop signs, no stoplights. And this dude was just taking a stroll on the crosswalk while people were driving and they were honking. And 
I looked in my rearview mirror. I was like, man, that guy's crazy. And all of a sudden, I saw lights, car lights, cop lights, pull me over. And he was like, hey, you didn't stop for that pedestrian. I said, what are you talking about? He said, they were honking at you. I said, they weren't honking at me. They were honking at him. So he writes me a ticket. And so I went and had lunch by myself. And I was like, man, that ain't right. There is no way that I did that. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I am speeding, okay? But that time I was paying attention. And so I just, I didn't even finish my food. I just put that food down I, and I went to where that cross, I just wanted to see that where it happened. And lo and behold, I see that knucklehead walking across the crosswalk again. I'm like, that's crazy. So he didn't see me, so I kind of pulled around and I had my phone and I was videoing. He would wait until all the cars would come screaming and he'd just nonchalantly just, just get out in the middle of traffic and cars, and they're, I was like, oh my goodness. So I had like three, three four min, uh, minutes of video. And, and I remember I went to the, the court and you couldn't have phones. If you were on your phone, they would take your phone. If you're wearing a hat, they'll take your hat. You got to be respectful in the courts. But I remember I got behind there and uh, I was the first dude. I was, I was kind of hoping there's some warm-up cases. You know? But it's a packed out uh, courthouse that day. And, and on this side, the right side, there were three pews like our pews. And it was all police officers. And the other ones were just, you know, us. And I was like, oh my goodness. They called me up and, and I'm right here and he's, he's at that part. He's like, yeah, he did it. And that was what he's wearing. And just kind of, I was like, what are you talking about? And so I just kind of very politely, I said, you know, your honor, you know, thank God that you're innocent until proven guilty. Thank God for the system. And I was just showing him respect in his courthouse. And I said, here's what happened. I said, you had a guy out there that was just causing, uh, you know, a safety uh, concerns and, and a danger to everybody. And I, I didn't, you know, go past it. He walked it after I went through. And so the officer said, he says, well, that's your word against his word. And I said, well, if it pleases the court, I've got my phone. <laughs> but I won't turn it on unless you say. And he, I said, I could show you that video. And he looked at the video and he goes, hmm. He said, was this an undercover operation? The guy said, yeah. He says, was this a civilian? He goes, yep, case dismissed. I was like, thank you, Jesus. But I said all that to say this. I went in there with reverence. I went in there knowing you couldn't have the phone. My first words were, hey, dude, I got a phone, video. I had to play by the rules. And when I come into the sanctuary, I don't care what time of day it is, I take off the hat. If I'm eating, I leave the food out there. If I'm, I'm telling you, this is the house of God. There's a lot of people that have lost the reverence of the house of God. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about you, but I'm talking about a society that has lost the reverence of God's house and His Spirit and understanding that there is a higher 
order than a court order. If we're to, uh, to, to, to obey what the court says, how much more should we obey and reverence the house of God? Because I'm telling you, the man that doesn't reverence the house of God doesn't reverence anything in their lives. They've lost all perspective of God. They don't fear God. They don't mind to eat, drink, and, and, and pass notes and, and laugh and, and, and cut up during uh, the move of the Holy Ghost because there's no reverence. There's no respect for the things of God because they lost the wonder of it. Can I tell you, the man who, who does not fear God loses the lifestyle distinctions that should mark them as God's children. They don't care about holiness. care about how they look and and they don't care about modesty and, 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 and uh, they just lose their distinction. They look like the world. You can't even tell them apart. A man that doesn't fear God acts like the world, dresses like the world, talks like the world. There is no distinction as he does not fear God. The man who does not fear God loses respect for the man of God and the saints of God. Can I just give you a 411? If you're around people that love to talk about somebody else, it's not long until they're talking about you behind your back. And if they have no problem filleting the pastor or filleting the ministry team, you better be careful because they're telling you, I don't fear God. I have no fear of God. I'm going to tell you, I have a fear of God. And I have a fear of the office of the man of God. Do you remember the story? And I've got to hurry. But do you remember the story when Miriam and Aaron got upset because Moses married an Egyptian? And they said, uh, is he the only one that can talk to God? And the Bible said that immediately Miriam was filled with leprosy. And she was cast out of the camp. She had no fear of God at that time. But now, leprosy got a hold of her. And thank God for the man of God that prayed, God, take the leprosy away. And God took it away because Moses feared God. I'm telling you, we, we, have, we have a world that doesn't fear God. And the man who does not fear God eventually falls into ungodly behavior. All because of the fence of fear is removed. There's no more consequence. There's no more conscience. But, you know, once he hated and despised sin, now embraces the love and the lifestyle of an ungodly lifestyle. The Bible says they love darkness more than light. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. What's the word say? From such, turn away. Run from them. Why? Because there's no fence. The fence of fear is gone. And now they run after the desires of the flesh. I don't want to run after that desire. I want to run after the fear of the Lord. Can I tell you what the fear of the Lord is? What the fear of God is? It's more than just respecting Him. It's giving Him the place of glory. It's giving him the place of honor. It's giving him reverence. 
It's giving him praise. It's giving him worship for who he is and what he's done. When you fear God, you begin to have thanksgiving. You begin to give him praise. You begin to give him adoration. When you fear God, you give him the preeminence of what he deserves. He deserves the highest and greatest praise you've got. Notice it's what he deserves, not what you think he deserves. We fear God when we esteem his desires above our own desires. Brother Alex, you can come. I've been long-winded long enough. Got a lot more. Maybe we'll do this another Wednesday night. But when you fear God, you begin to say, God, your needs before my needs. When you fear and reverence God, you say, God, it's your purpose, not my purpose. It's your dreams, not my dreams. It's your goals, not my goals. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When you learn to reverence God, when you learn to say, you know what? I can't do this thing called life by myself. I need him. And the only way that I can get him is I've got to acknowledge who he is. And I've got to fear him. I've got to give him honor, praise, and glory. I've got to sometimes correct my family and friends when they lose the fear of the Lord. See, a lot of people don't like to do that because they're men pleasers and not God pleasers. Can I just tell you, it's not always easy to stand up for what's right and be vocal about it. It's not always easy at the dinner table and everybody's having a good time that you stop and say, you know what? We ought not to talk about that. We ought not to talk about them. We ought not to say things like that. There's got to be a point in your life where if you're watching something you should not watch, you should have to say, you know what? I fear the Lord and I don't need to be involved in this. You say, well, pastor, it doesn't, it does matter. Garbage in, garbage out. You don't allow people to come and speak profanity in your home, but we listen to it by the things we watch. Pastor, you've gone to meddling. You better believe I have. Because we need men and women that will stand up in this untoward generation and say, I'm going to start fearing the Lord. I'm going to start fearing God. I'm going to start guiding my eyes and guarding my ears and, 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 and managing my associations that I keep. If you're around negative people, it's not long until you become negative. You start hanging around complainers, it's not long until you start to be in a complainer. 
I've made up my mind. I'll love the complainers. I'll love the negative people. But I'm going to break bread with you. I may pray that negativity out of your spirit. <laughs> and if it doesn't come, I'm going to shake the dust off my feet and find somebody else that wants it. As I've got to find somebody, Brother Joe, that loves God, that loves truth, and that fears God. Because those that fear God get strength. Those that fear God get years lengthened. Those that fear God get angels all around them. Those that fear God, God begins to bless their seed. Great things begin to happen when you learn to fear God. I want to fear God. I want my house to fear God. I want my family to fear God. I want my marriage to fear God because I want the blessings of God. Oh, would you stand to your feet with me tonight? Would you raise your hands? Would you raise your voice? Would you make a commitment, God? I'm putting you where you belong. Number one in my life. Number one in my home. Number one in my priorities. Number one in my relationships. Not my kingdom, but thy kingdom. Not my will, but thy will. I want angels encamping around about me. I want angels around my family. I want angels around my kids. I want them, God, because I've got to fear you. I want you to lift your voice on a Wednesday night. Will you allow him to step into your life? Will you allow him to take control? Hallelujah. Oh God, I'm choosing you. God, I'm putting you first where you belong. I'm going to give you reverence. I'm going to give you adoration. I'm going to give you praise. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Come on. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want wisdom? Learn to fear God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. I receive it, God. Bless my seed. Bless the generations. Let me break the curse. Let me turn my home into a spiritual home. I need you. I got to have you. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you today, God. I love you today. I love your presence. I love your touch. I love your anointing. I love your goodness. I love your mercy. I love everything about you, God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great. And there's no Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, I put you first, God. I trusted you. I've got faith in you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, I love you. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. You know what the fear of God does? It propels you. It gives you everything you need. When you run to Him, Man, he turbos it into your direction. You take one step, he takes 50. He believes more in you than you believe in yourself. But you've got to say, you know what? I'm not trusting in man's formulas or man's ideas. I'm going to trust in the Lord. You put God first. Things will start changing. When you fear God, you know what happens? You pray when you get up. You pray before you go to sleep. You pray when you're driving down the road. When you fear God, you're telling God, I want you more than Wednesday and Sunday. I want it to become a lifestyle. And our world changes. God, we love you today. We thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for your children. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful gift that you've given us. The ability to fear you, the ability to reverence you, because we know that when we put you first and we give you the glory, you begin to give us wisdom, and wisdom is what we need, and everything we need is wrapped up in you. And I pray your hand of strength and blessings upon your children. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Would you clap your hands under the Lord? Amen. Stay here as long as you like. God bless you. Fear the Lord and let God begin to bless your life.